This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Peter Kessler is a golf historian. He's the award-winning broadcaster, and he's the person to whom we turn after a major championship. We always do. So it's a pleasure to welcome Peter Kessler back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Peter? You know, every time you say award-winning broadcaster, I always go, you know, I've won Peabody's, A's, Emmy Awards, all this stuff. I don't have anything to evidence. I don't have one. <laughs> Nobody's ever sent me anything. It's great to be with you, and I'm doing well. And I and I always appreciate being with you after a big tournament. You're the best radio interviewer in golf, maybe ever, I think. And, and so I'm always thrilled to spend time with you. Well, that's all I really needed to hear you say. So thank you, and good night, everybody. All right, so goodbye. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this. PGA Championship, list of four majors. Where does the PGA Championship rank on your list of the four majors? Well, if I'm a player, it's the one I'd least like to win because it has the least pomp circumstance and history attached to it for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> I take it in a heartbeat. You get that, that, that nine million pound Wanamaker thing in your arms, that's as good as it gets. So... If you win one, you're as happy to win that as if you'd won at the old course, you know, like if somebody's going to do shortly this summer. So a major is a major is a major for sure. But, yes, it ranks fourth okay. definitely because the other ones all have you – know, the Masters is same place every year. It's the Heralds of Spring. It's Bobby Jones. The U.S. Open to Bobby Jones, and it had the characteristics of being difficult and having you play long approaches to well-guarded greens. British Open gives you all of the flavors of seaside golf plus the weather element as the surprise. The PGA has less of an identity as 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 a golfing um, event. That that that's why it ranks okay. last. Do you like it now in May? Yeah, I do because I mean I would much prefer that it be in August because you know when it's in May that means after the Open Championship is over in July you got 250 days almost to the Masters starts again the whole thing is so compressed into such a short time frame so you know even August when the PGA used to end in the middle of the month you went oh man I got to wait all the way to you know to April now you're saying that in July so for that reason I don't like it because like it's over so fast and but on the other hand it gives them more options it lets uh, it lets the weather that they would most like to have in May be something they could choose instead of the oppressive nature that August brings you almost everywhere, and it's unpredictable. Then, so it's understandable why they made the move. They're taking advantage of it. Um, they can't do anything about the weather each year, but they have a better chance of manipulating the circumstance to give you a better championship in May. All right, I'm going to stop talking to the Peabody Award-winning broadcaster and talk to the historian. Mito Pereira. Had Mito Pereira won the PGA, would (laughs) would we have always remembered it or never remembered it? You know, you're so funny. Because you asked me about this guy, you said to me about Scotty Shuffer, you go, we'll remember this in 50 years. And I'm going, I'm, I forgot it already. And it was only two days later. So, no on that one. And then, you know, on this, you know, this will go down as, would have gone down as a statistical curiosity that, you know, we know, as Bobby Jones said, that 18 holes is a round of golf, but we don't know that it's a test of golf. We do know that 72 holes is a test of golf, and things like luck and bounces and stuff 
will even out and the better player will tend to prevail over that distance. So, you know, if he had managed to have done that, it would have been a stunning victory at a very difficult golf course, uh, you know, where the, the winning score was, was five under par. And remember, the 36-hole lead was nine under par, and the winner was five under par. So um, it would have gone down as what a great win from somebody you never heard of. Young boys would have dreamed, I can do this too. It would have been that kind of a catalyst. I think it would have been really well embraced by the players, really warmly embraced by the spectators, really pleased, uh, uh, pleasing to the people who are watching at home. And a reminder that anything can happen in golf. Anything can happen. And that's why a Tiger Woods and a Jack Nicklaus are so special today. And Bobby Jones and Ben Hogan is because it, anything can happen. Anyone can win. But yet they found a way to overcome that, to beat the guy who might have otherwise won. Uh, except for the situations where Jack Fleck did beat Bob Ben Hogan. So that went down in major history. And, you know, so that was a huge thing that happened. Because of the golf course, because of Hogan thinking he'd won his fifth, because, you know, Jack was a driving range pro from Davenport, Iowa, who'd won one time, and he was given Hogan irons by Hogan at the 55 Open at Olympic, the only other guy to play Hogan Club. So, you know, so depending on the circumstance, it's something that can live forever. Would this have in that sense? No, it wouldn't have, but what a win it would have been. And, and again, for, for young people with a dream, you know, to think I can do this, you know, to the extent that it's reasonable and somebody's going to pay you for it, otherwise make it your hobby, it would have been an incredible catalyst, and it's still a great story in that sense because he came so close. We're talking with Peter Kessler here on the Augusta Golf Show. You like the three-hole playoff? I I didn't, um, but I didn't because of the holes that they chose that that. Really, the 17th is a par three. If you can hit the green with a single shot, it's a par three. You can call it a par four if you want to, but yeah, it's a par three. So it is a par three hole. And, you know, the shot that Justin Thomas hit in the playoff was, was so wondrous, but it was a one in a zillion, but he hit it at exactly the time you were supposed to hit it. And, you know, Zala Torres played, you know, solid. goes birdie par par. So I didn't like it because of the fickle nature of the second of the three holes. I, I prefer four. I think the Open Championship, I think four gives again. The longer you go, the better the chances that luck evens out and a lucky bounce or an unlucky one didn't determine the outcome. So I think four, based on what I've seen so far, and my preference for a little longer means a little better chance. Just like Bobby Jones said, 72 holes, better chance that the best player emerges. What surprised you on Sunday? That Rory McIlroy fell apart again. You know, it's an amazing story because I really felt that after he took the early lead that it was his tournament. He's the best player in the field, certainly, the best player in the field. And he had the lead after the first round. And this was his chance, after not having a major since 2014, to get the stamp of greatness. It would have been his fifth major. It would have been important. It would have been in a long time in between majors. That's evidence of, one, he didn't close one, but evidence, too, that yeah, hung in there, hung in there, good enough to do it again. He would have labeled him as great. Five majors or more is great. Because he didn't get it done, it's almost the extreme opposite. Is he really 
very good player? Is he just a good player who has a streak? Is he just a naturally great player and the best driver of the ball in the game who sometimes can get it done but has such an iffy short game that he can't count on it when it really matters in major championships? And that's where we are today. That Rory McIlroy's not good at keeping it going. He's not good at closing. He had the four early birdies. He knew if he finished at six under par, he was going to be in great shape. That this Pereira had not done this before. You know, Rory's won what twenty times on tour with four majors. The other guy won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour to get to the PGA Tour, where he's looking for his first win. So. That was extremely disappointing that it turns out that we say about him now, you know, will he ever, can he, what will we think later, what about the next tournament? So he's not a good putter under pressure. And I also saw the same thing about Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas knew after he made the two early birdies on the back nine, he knew he needed to get to six. He knew. So he birdied 17 or made par, in my view, by making the three. He had exactly the putt you want on 18 for birdie, 12-footer right up the slope. If you had that 12 feet, that's the one you would have chosen because it's going to only break. It's going to break inside the hole to inside the hole. So just a question: getting the speed right, you have to worry about the line. He knew. Justin Thomas knew one million percent as he stood over that putt. If he didn't make that putt, being two shots behind, he was not going to be in a playoff, and he was going to screw it up. And he knew when he missed that putt, he had screwed it up, and he was lucky to get into the playoff. He played solid to win. But I'm telling you, he does not feel the way that you're supposed to feel after winning a major. It was a backdoor win, and he knew that he blew it when he missed the putt to go six under on the last hole. He's Peter Kessler, golf historian, uh, award-winning broadcaster, despite the fact he has no idea where the awards are. Uh, Peter, thank you, as always, for doing this. I appreciate it. Great to be with you, my friend. Have a wonderful uh, day, rest of your week. Regards to your family, the cats, everybody you take care of, and we'll speak soon.